Some good music today, and we thank the Lord for that. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Thank you to everybody that's had a part in that, all those folks that have come and practiced, the choir, and, uh, and, and if people are singing specials, that means they're practicing, and they're coming at different times, coming early, and that means people have to accompany them and play, and, and uh, anyway, a lot, of, a lot of preparation goes into that, and so we want to say thank you to all those who have provided good music for us today. That's a blessing. Well, I think we've been, I think we've been in the Millennium Reign of Christ for about three services now. And so last Sunday morning, we taught on the Millennium Reign of Christ. And after the service, you know, one of the great things about this biblical prophecy series is, is it has got, it's got your wheels turning. And you've been thinking and you've been asking a lot of questions. Uh, but after last Sunday morning service, well, there were some questions, and uh, there was a few folks who were just a little confused on a, uh, a few little things, and so I, I felt like, in my spirit, I felt like we probably needed to go just a little, just a little further on this thing of the, uh, the millennial reign of Christ, and the Holy Spirit began to really speak to my heart this week and, and gave me something that I wanted to share with you, and, uh, and so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to talk to you about what I'm going to call the end of the millennial reign of Christ, the end. Now, is, is there such a thing as a fun sermon? I don't know either. So, I, yeah, that's a, that's a trick question. Uh, if there's such a thing as a fun sermon, I think this is going to be a fun one tonight. So, I think you're going to learn a little something, but I think this is going to be I think this is going to be encouraging, and uh, it, it'll be serious. But I think I think um, it it might shed the light on a few things tonight. So let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 15 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you're able to, uh, if you're able to stand, let's stand tonight. Uh, you know what? It is fun to study the Word of God. Amen. That is fun. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes preaching's fun. Sometimes I just go away from sermons and I think, man, that was fun right there now. That was good. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Somebody said, if you like what you do, you don't work a day of your life. And, and uh, I'm thankful that I'm, I'm, I'm serving the Lord in the ministry. I love it. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Before we go any further... Is everybody comfortable tonight? How many are too cool tonight? A few. All right. So now, church, you're going to have to give us a little grace, all right? We're in that time of the year, okay? And so, Brother Rick, just make it as comfortable for everybody as we can. I want you to be able to listen tonight. Verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Look at the next few verses. Then cometh the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. And if you like to mark your Bibles up, why don't you underline that rule, authority, power, or circle, those three words. Verse 25 says, for he, Jesus, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And so I want to talk to you about the end. We've been talking about the millennial reign of Christ, and, uh, but I want to talk to you about the end of the millennial reign of Christ tonight. You may be seated. 
Let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us, and then we're going to jump into this. We're going to use our Bibles a lot tonight, all right? So uh, keep, your Bibles, keep your Bibles handy, and we are going to turn to quite a few places this evening. And, and so anyway, let's pray. Father, we love you, and thank you for the privilege to be back at Calvary again tonight. It's been a great day today. We thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the lady. Uh, I think it was a lady. Lord, thank you for the one that was saved in the nursing home ministry earlier this morning. And uh, we're very grateful, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is working. And uh, God, thank you for every song. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the good spirit that's been here today. Thank you for the great crowds. And uh, God, we're excited about what you have for us tonight. And so, Spirit of God, I desperate, desperately need your help right now. The arm of flesh will fail us every time right here. And so, Lord, I, I, I acknowledge and I confess that there's just no possible way that I can do this in my own power and, and be a blessing or a help. And so, Holy Ghost of God, the best I know how, I yield myself to you. And I pray that you will give me the mind of Christ. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll flow through me. And I pray that you'll use this time uh, and, Lord, use this uh, piece of clay, God, to convey some things that you've given me to your people. And I pray there'll be a blessing. I pray they'll make sense. I pray we'll go home not confused, but I pray we'll go home enlightened. And I pray that the Lord Jesus will receive praise and glory from it all. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. The Bible says there in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 24, then cometh the end. Then cometh the end. And then it begins to talk about the kingdom, which is what we have been discussing now for several weeks, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. And I begin to think about that, the end. We've been talking about the millennial reign of Christ, that 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ. But what will the end of the millennial reign of Christ look like? Well, I, I believe this. I believe that 1 Corinthians chapter 15 gives us a look into that. I believe it gives us an idea of some things that are gonna be associated with the end of the millennial reign of Christ. In other words, the end, the closing of that 1,000 years uh, where Jesus has ruled and reigned on the earth and we've reigned with him uh, and he's ruled with a rod of iron. Uh, what's, what's that gonna look like? What's the end of the millennium going to look like? And I'll put a few things up on the screen here in just a minute. But uh, let me tell you what that's going to look like. First of all, Christ will put down all rule, authority, and power. That's what our Bible says, isn't it? In fact, look there again, verse 24. Then cometh the end when he, Jesus, shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all, notice the words, all rule and all authority and power. For he, Jesus, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. So Christ, at the end, Christ is going to put down all rule, all authority, and all power. Now, what does that mean, preacher? Well, uh, first of all, it means this. All those who reject Christ are going to be put down. Now, now who is that? Who's that talking about? And of course, that's talking about those that are born during the millennial reign of Christ. And I, I think that's where a little bit of the confusion is coming in. We're talking about uh, long lifespans. We're talking about uh, uh, 
a childbirth that's not troublesome like it is under the curse. And so keep in mind that that's referring to those folks that have been ushered into the millennial reign of Christ. And there'll be many, many thousands and thousands that will be born during the millennial reign of Christ. And that's who that's talking about. But there is going to be a group in the millennial reign of Jesus that will not, you know, believe it or not, and we'll address this a little bit more toward the end, but there's going to be a group that will refuse to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and those people will be put down. That's what our Bible says. But not only that, what's that mean when the Bible says he's going to put down all rule and authority and power? Not only those that have refused to receive the Lord, but next I put down here Satan. The Bible tells us that Satan is going to be loosed one last time at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. But I got great news for us. Satan is finally going to be put down. Now, uh, hold your place there, if you will. But I want you to turn over to the book of Revelation with me tonight. Revelation chapter number 20. So just turn right back to the very, very back of your Bible. Uh, Revelation chapter 20. And look, if you will, at verse number 7. And... Uh, John the Revelator gives us an idea of what I'm talking about here. He gives us a sort of a bird's eye view into what I'm talking about. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number seven. Uh, John says, and when the thousand years are expired. Well, that's what we're talking about tonight, the end. Uh, when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four cores of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the, as the sand of the sea, and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city, that's those who have rejected Jesus uh, as Lord and Savior. They've come together with, with, uh, with, with Satan and they have formed one last army that will try to rise up against the Lord. But the Bible says, and fire came down from God out of heaven. And what did it do? It devoured them, the Bible says. And then... Thank God verse 10 is in there as well. The Bible says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Can I get a big amen right there? And so finally, once and for all, the tempter is banished. He is gone, gone, gone. Thank God he is gone. And so the Lord's gonna put down all rule, all authority, and all power. That's those that uh, have refused to accept the Lord. They, they, they've, uh, uh, they've come into, their parents have come into the millennial reign of Christ and uh, the curse is lifted. Their parents are living long lifespans and they're bearing children. And those children will grow up during the millennial reign of Christ. But yet some of them will refuse to accept the Lord. They will be put down. Uh, Satan will be loosed at the end of the millennial reign of Christ uh, tr and try to uh, gather an army against the Lord. And Satan will be put down. But there's something else. Not only those two, but number next is this. The Bible tells us that the last enemy will be put down. Now, flip back over there to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You say, Pastor, the last enemy, the last enemy, who is that? Well, that's that power that the Bible's talking about. He's going to put down all rule, all authority, and he's going to put down all power. And that last enemy is death. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24, then cometh the end, 
when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And verse 26 tells us who that last enemy is. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is, who is it? Death is going to be put down. Boy, hallelujah for that. Death is going to be put down. Thank God, no cemeteries are going to mar the hill in that fair land. Uh, no baby caskets, no more funeral possessions. I've, in 32 years of pastoring, I, I've been in many, many funeral possessions. Uh, but boy, thank God, no more funeral possessions uh, in that fair land. Death is going to be put down. Well, you say, preacher, who has the power to put down death? And here's the answer to that question. Jesus has the power to put down death. And I thought about this verse. While they were singing tonight, I thought about Revelation 1 verse 18. Jesus said this, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. And so thank God that last enemy that the Lord's gonna put down is the enemy of death. Now, let me tell you, church, do you know what that means? That means that there will be death during the millennial reign of Christ. There's going to be death. Now, we talked about that a little bit in one of the last services, and that threw a few of our folks for a little bit of a loop, and, and so they came and were asking some questions, and they said, Preacher, I'm a little confused about that, and so uh, there's gonna be death in the millennial reign of Christ, and the answer to that is yes. There's going to be death in the millennial reign of Christ. So here's the question. Who's going to die in the millennial reign of Christ? Now, before I get to that question, I want to answer this question first. Who isn't going to die in the millennial reign of Christ? And the answer to that is this. Those that are reigning with Jesus are not going to die, Okay? And the reason we're not going to die is because I've got great news for us. We're going to have a resurrected body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, church, we're coming back with him. That's what our Bible tells us. In the second coming of Christ, we're coming back with the Lord. And we're coming back in a glorified body. And so we're going to rule and we're going to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're talking about, you know, there's going to be extended lifespans and men are going to live like trees. And we said there's going to be less difficulty in childbirth and there's going to be no disease. And we're not going to have to worry about the animal kingdom, you know, being predatorial. And somebody says, preacher, who's that for? That's not for you and me. We're going to have glorified bodies. That's going to be for those that have been ushered into the millennial reign of Christ in a mortal body, and they'll give birth to many, many offspring, and so they're the ones that are going to live long like trees and have extended lifespans and no disease and no fear of the animal kingdom. Uh, for those of us who are saved during this church age, we're going to have a glorified body. Now, we're going to stay there just for a few minutes tonight, and I think this is going to be sort of fun for you. So I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to the book of Philippians tonight. Philippians chapter number three and verse number 20. So we talk about death. There is gonna be death in the moon reign of Christ, but church, if you're born again, that's not for you. You don't have to worry about dying because you're gonna be in a body that will never die. You're gonna be in a resurrected body now and that body's gonna be like the Lord. 
Look at Philippians chapter three, verse number 20. The Bible says, for our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21. Who shall change our vile body. Now I'm gonna tell you something. The older you get, the more you understand this verse right here. You know why I know young people are laughing and all the older folks are laughing because all the older folks know what I'm talking about. The older you get, the more vile it becomes. And you get aches and pains and creaks and groans and squeaks and, and, uh, and all those things that come with, with, with that older body. And the Bible says that we're going to change, he's going to change that vile body. Look at the last part. That it may be fashioned like into his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue, subdue all things unto himself. Now, so again, I want you to understand something. When we talk about extended lifespans and we talk about less difficulty in childbirth and, and no miscarriages and we talk about all those things. That's not for you. That's for those that have been ushered in the millennial reign of Christ. You and I are gonna have a glorified body. We're gonna have a resurrected body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now somebody says, all right, preacher. So, all right, let me get this straight. So, so we're coming back in the second coming. That's right. We're gonna rule and reign with Jesus. That's right. We're gonna have a glorified body like the Lord. That's right. Well, preacher, what's that gonna be like? I mean, we're gonna be here on the earth ruling with the Lord in a glorified body. You know, what's that, what's that gonna be like? Well, I wanna try to show you what that's going to be like. See, the Bible talks about the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrected body. And I want you to notice tonight, I want you to notice some things that Jesus was able to do in his resurrected body. I think, I got, I think I've got these on the screen. There's, our, there's what we studied last, last service. Uh, the last enemy is going to be destroyed. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Look at this. This is what Jesus was able to do in his resurrected body. Number one, he was able to suddenly appear and disappear. All right, take your Bibles. Look at Luke chapter 24 and, and, and just put something at Luke 24 because we're going we're gonna to go back and forth away from that, but we're going to come back there. But look at Luke 24 and verse 33. Luke 24, verse 33. This is talking about the Lord, but this is talking about the Lord in his resurrected body. All right? Luke 24, verse 33. The Bible says, And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with him, with, with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Watch closely, verse 36. The Bible says, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace. <laughs> Be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. I guess so. And so you know what? The Bible says that they're here, they're in these closed quarters and they're conversing among themselves, and all of a sudden Jesus appears out of nowhere. In fact, he has to tell them, peace, it's all right, it's okay. All right, I want you to turn over to, to John, the Gospel of John, John chapter number 20, and look at verse number 26. Same, sort of the same story, but the Apostle John sort of words it just a little bit different. John chapter 20 and verse number 26, the Bible says, and after eight days again, 
His disciples were within and Thomas with them. Now look at this last part. The Bible says, then came Jesus. Notice the next phrase. The doors being what? The doors being shut. And stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. He should have said boo. That's what he should have said. Amen. <laughs> now, again, here's, here's the idea. The doors were shut. Now, keep in mind, keep, keep something in mind here. Jesus has just been crucified. Uh, I mean, a, an angry mob has just, has just hauled him away, and he's, they've taken him to a kangaroo court, and, uh, and he has been lied about, slandered, mocked. He's been spit upon. He's, his beard has been plucked out. Uh, he's been plaited with a crown of thorns. He's been beaten. He's been, uh, he's been put on a, on a cross. And so you understand that, uh, that Christians are not necessarily the most popular people uh, in Jerusalem at that time. And so the uh, the disciples are sort of meeting behind closed doors. They're, they're sort of fearful about what's going on. And the Bible says as they are conversing behind closed doors, all of a sudden the Lord, even though the door is shut, the Bible says the Lord suddenly appears and disappears. Now he did that in his resurrected body. And I believe this, I believe that you and I are gonna be able to do similar things in our resurrected body. And so we're gonna have a glorified body in the millennial reign of Christ. And so I, I believe that you'll be able to appear. You'll be able to disappear. Uh, if we're, the Bible tells us we're going to have a body just like his. But there's something else. Not only was he able to suddenly appear and disappear, you're really going to like this next one. Look at this. He was able to prepare food and eat food. Brandon, can I get an amen right there? Yeah. That's right. Church, I'm not making this stuff up. Now, this is, this is all Bible that I'm giving you here tonight. Look, at, look, if you will, at John chapter 21. John chapter 21. This is just neat. I mean, this is just neat stuff to learn. John chapter 21. This is the Lord Jesus Christ in a glorified body and a resurrected body. And notice what he does. In John 21, verse number nine, the Bible says, as soon then as they were come to land, they, they the disciples, they saw a fire of coals there. Look at this. And fish laid their own and bread. Now, I'm not teaching on this tonight, but you ever think about that? How did he, did Jesus have to catch those fish? I don't think he did. I think Jesus just hold the pan out and say, all right, guys, jump in. I, I mean, really. <laughs> and I think for the Son of God, I think they were, they were like, yeah, absolutely, Master, we're, we're doing it. And, but I, I, listen, I don't know how, I don't know if he just, you know, he created them. I, I'm not sure, but I know this. The Bible says that there's coals of fire and there is fish that are cooking. They're laid their own. And not only fish, but bread, the Bible says. Uh, verse 10, Jesus saith unto them, bring in the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes and 150 and three for all that were so many. Yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, this is in his resurrected body, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Verse 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Now, that's in a resurrected body. And so he's able to prepare food. He's prepared a meal for his disciples. Not only that, but turn back to Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, and look at verse number 36. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 36. This is Christ in a glorified body. 
Luke 24, verse number 36. He not only prepared food, but he ate food. Luke 24, verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. Verse 37 says, but they were terrified. Boy, I mean, last time they, listen, last time they saw him, he's being hauled off by this angry mob. He's, he's been crucified And all of a sudden, here he is. He's alive. He's in a glorified body. He's in his resurrected body. And they're terrified and affrighted. And suppose that they had seen a spirit. They said, man, this is a ghost. Sure enough, this is a ghost. Verse 38, he said unto them, why are you troubled? This is almost almost humorous. Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Look what he says in verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, have ye any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. Come on now. That's good eating right there. Now, I don't know what kind of fish they were eating, but it was fish. For all you seafood lovers out there, and so they gave him a piece of fish, they gave him a honeycomb. I love honeycomb. I didn't know they had cereal back then. I mean, this is great, isn't it? And they gave him a piece of a honeycomb, of course, that sweet honey. And, uh, and look at verse 43. The Bible says, and he, Jesus, and he took it and did eat before them. Now, somebody says, preacher, we're not going to eat in a glorified body. Okay, then don't eat. (laughs) But I'm just telling you, my Bible tells me in Philippians chapter three, I'm gonna have a body exactly like his body. Jesus is in his resurrected body right here and he's eating. And so I'd rather go with what the Bible says, amen? And so we we notice that that the Lord Jesus Christ, we notice he was able to suddenly appear and suddenly disappear. He was able to prepare food and eat food. Uh, Hey, look at this, look at this. He was able to be touched and handled by ordinary humans. Now again, uh, Luke 24. Are you still in Luke 24? Look at Luke 24, look at verse number 38. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Look at this. And Jesus says to them, handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. By the way, church, they did that. I believe they handled him. I believe they touched him. I believe they they did. You say, preacher, why do you believe that? Because listen to what John the Apostle said in 1 John 1.1. You don't have to turn there, but listen to what John said in John 1.1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. And so, listen, we're going to rule and reign with him in a resurrected body, a glorified body. We're going to be able to appear and disappear. We're going to be able to prepare food and eat food. We're going to be able to, if this is true, and it is, that means church, we're going to be able to touch him. We're going to touch him. We're going to handle him. You're not, you're not just going to hear him. You're going, to, you're going to be able to, you know, I don't, Rodney, stand up just a minute. I don't, listen, I don't know how this is going to be. But if, if this is Jesus right here, Man, you know what that means? I'm going to be able to. I'm going to be able to physically touch him. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine touching the Lord of glory? Can you imagine that? I mean, for all these years you've heard him preached about, for all these years you've heard him sing about, for all these years you've heard testimonies about him and you've heard lessons about him and, man, you've heard about him and heard about him and heard about him and you've talked to him, you know, but you've never been able to see him. And one of these days there's coming a time in our glorified bodies where, man, we're going to handle him. We're going to be with him and touch him. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. All of that's going to be in a glorified body, but there's something else. He was able, look at this, he was able to, to transcend physical boundaries. He was able to transcend physical boundaries. Now, now what does that mean? Well, turn over to Acts chapter 1 and uh, look, if you will, at verse number, verse number 9. Acts chapter 1, verse number 9. Now, we're talking about we're going to be ruling and reigning with him in a glorified body. So what, what, what's, what's that look like? Well, let's, you know, let's see what Jesus could do in a glorified body. He was able to transcend physical boundaries. Acts 1 verse 9, the Bible says, and when he had spoken these things, Jesus, the Bible says, while they beheld, look at this, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, the Bible says, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And so if I'm reading that right, I believe I am. You know what that means? That means that gravity, the law of gravity had no effect on the Lord Jesus Christ. In his resurrected body, he was able to transcend physical boundaries. Now, I don't know what all that means. I just know this, that there's going to be boundaries that we have now. You're not going to have it in glorified body. My wife and I back, uh, I don't know, back, I guess back about a year ago, uh, we had flew out to Las Vegas to, to be with the kid. The kids drove over. They lived, lived at the time they lived about four hours from Las Vegas and they drove over and we flew to Las Vegas and we spent a little time together. And one of the things we did was my wife and I, for the very first time, we visited the Grand Canyon. Y'all to go. If you've never been, y'all to go. I mean, it's, it's, it's bucket list type stuff. And, uh, and my crazy wife, she wants to get right at the edge. And I'm like, no, we're not either. You're not. Did you physically restrain her? I did. I did. I physically restrained her. And I said, you are not getting out there. Let's just go stand in here and take a picture. And I said, no, we are not going to go out there and take a picture. After we left there, we Googled it to see how many die at the Grand Canyon every year. And there are some every year that, that get too close to the edge and they, they fall over the edge. Now, I don't understand all this, uh, all this completely, but I, I, I believe this with all my heart. One of these days when you and I have a resurrected body, we're not gonna have to worry about that anymore. Gravity, those laws, those boundaries, those limitations that we have now, we're not, we're not gonna have those limitations anymore. Listen, have you ever had a busy, busy, busy week and at the end of that week, you were just absolutely war slap out? I mean, you weren't tired, you're tarred. Yeah. And there's a difference in being tired and tarred. Man, if you work really hard, you're tarred. I mean, you're tarred. And you were just tired and man, your brain wouldn't think right and you were sort of lethargic and you thought, man, I just need some rest. I need some, I need some sleep. You know what that is? That's a limitation. That's a boundary. That's a physical boundary. You know what? Sometimes if you go a long, long time and you haven't eaten anything, boy, your stomach starts growling and you get hungry. You know what that is? That's a limitation. That's a boundary. You say, man, I feel a little faint. I feel a little dizzy. I think my sugar's dropping. Haven't eaten anything all day. That's a limitation. That's a boundary. You know what? You're not going to have those when you have your resurrected body. 
You know what that means? That means you won't eat to survive and you won't eat for strength. You'll eat because you want to. And thank God there'll be no Jenny Craig in heaven. I don't know about her personally, but I'm just saying that she might be saved. I don't know, but I know this. The Jenny Craig program won't be there and there won't be any Weight Watchers and there's not gonna be a YMCA and we won't have to worry about Planet Fitness and thank God the Bible says the righteous shall be made fat and we'll just eat and eat and eat and have a good time. And all those boundaries, those limitations in that glorified body are going to be lifted now. You say, Pastor, what in the world does that even mean? I, listen, I don't know all that. I just know this. Sometimes the Lord saves the best for last. And he'll never be outdone. And so he was able in his glorified body, he was able to transcend physical boundaries. But look, look, look at this. Last of all, he was able to travel to various locations. Now, again, I want to draw your attention back to Luke 24 again. And look, if you will, at verse number 13. And again, I want us to keep in mind that this is Christ in his resurrected body. Luke 24, verse 13. The Bible says, and behold, two of them went that same day. This is verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened, verse 15. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near. And the Bible says, and went with them. And so here, here the Lord Jesus Christ is, and he's traveling. He's communing with these Christians, and they're talking about the crucifixion, and their eyes have not been opened, and they don't even know this is the Lord. I mean, they're just talking and, and about all these things that have happened to the Lord, and they don't even know they're talking to the Lord. And the Bible says he went with them. He's traveling with them. Same chapter. Skip down to verse number 33. The Bible says, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the, the 11 gathered together. Now look at verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. So uh, you know what's going on here? The Lord Jesus Christ in his glorified body, the Lord Jesus Christ is moving from point A to point B. He's traveling. He's moving to, to various locations. Now, you say, Pastor, why is that important? And this is what I believe. I believe in eternity. I believe we're gonna travel. I do believe that. Now, take your Bibles this evening and turn to Revelation chapter seven. Revelation chapter number seven. And if you will, look at verse number 17. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now listen, we're gonna worship, we're gonna worship him and we're gonna wanna worship him and we will worship him, I'm telling you, like we've never worshiped him. But I believe that heaven, listen, heaven, you're gonna have to have a glorified body to withstand it because it's gonna be so wonderful. And I believe for all of eternity, the Lord Jesus is going to take us, and I believe we're going to, I believe we're going to travel. Look what our Bible says in Revelation 7 and verse number 17. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I cannot prove what I'm about to tell you. 
But I just, in, in my mind, sometimes I wonder if, it's, if this is not the, the case. You ever wondered why God created all the universes? Now, we, we, have the, we, have, we live in the Milky Way. You know what they tell us about the Milky Way? That the Milky Way universe is one of the absolute smallest of all, of all the galaxies. And yet they know, they know that there are vast other galaxies and planets and worlds out there. And you say, preacher, do you believe there's life on other planets? I don't. I don't. I believe that God is, I believe that God is concentrated on this little uh, green and blue ball called the earth. And, and I, I, I believe that this is where life is. And, and, uh, but I do believe this. I believe that one of these days, one of these days in eternity, when we're in our glorified body, I believe there's a very good chance that God will lead us out into these other galaxies and planets and cosmoses. And, and man, we'll just visit living fountains of waters. And I'm telling you, heaven is going to be one gigantic glorified field trip for all of eternity. Now, regardless of any of that, we know this. In his resurrected body, he traveled. He moved from different, from different locations. Now, what does that tell us tonight? That tells us this, that Jesus in his resurrected body, listen to this, Calvary, was able to relate both to the spiritual realm and the natural realm. His body was both physical, he ate, he prepared food, and his body was spiritual. You know what that tells us? Jesus was able to walk in and out of both realms as he pleased. I believe this. I believe you and I are going to do the same in our glorified body. We'll be able to walk into the physical, walk out of the physical. Now, you say, preacher, what does that even mean? Ask Brother Mike Horn after the service, all right? Because <laughs> I can't explain all that, but I, just, but I, but I believe it. I believe it's true. And so with those glorified bodies, I want you to understand it. I don't want you to be confused. With those glorified bodies, we will never die. And so we don't have to worry about extended lifespans and predatorial animals and things like that. Uh, but death will be present during the millennial reign of Christ because we know the last enemy that's going to be put down is death. So we're done. We're done tonight, but I want you to, I want to end with two things. You say, okay, preacher, death is going to be in the millennial reign of Christ. Who's going to die? Well, let me give you this first one. Number one, I believe this could be the case. I'm not telling you it is the case. I believe it could be the case. Number one, uh, and scholars are mixed on this, but number one, saints of great age may die. They may. So the Bible tells us, Isaiah 65, 22, you don't have to turn there. Just jot it down. Isaiah 65, 22, the Bible says, they shall not build, another inhabit. They shall not plant, another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. So the Bible tells us in the millennial reign of Christ that those that are ushered in the millennial reign in a mortal body, they're gonna live like a tree. They're gonna live for 700, 800, 900, maybe even 1,000 years they're gonna live. But think about those older folks that, uh, that are in the millennial reign the reign of Christ, and I'm, I don't know this is the case, but I'm just saying this, that those saints that are of great age may possibly die. Trees live for many, many years, but trees do die. And so I'm just saying that that's at least a possibility, but this is definite. Sinners are going to die. There will be death in the millennial reign of Christ, and those that are going to die will be Sinners. 
And so turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 65. We're done tonight. Isaiah 65, and look at verse number 20. And I'll make this point, and we're heading to the house. Isaiah 65, verse number 20. Speaking of that millennial reign, the Bible says in verse number 20, there shall no more thence an infant, there shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days, for the child, for the child shall die an hundred years old. But the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And so those in the millennial reign of Christ that are in mortal bodies will be required to come to the Lord. They'll be required to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe this, and some scholars believe this, that they'll be given ample time to make that choice. In fact, just like the age of accountability now, the Lord will give them up to 100 years to come to faith in Christ. But if they refuse to accept the Lord, death will be the result. Now we're done, but listen to this. You know how sad that is? Think about it. These people that I'm talking about that are going to die, these people are within sight of eternity. They've experienced the Lord. They've not just heard a preacher preach about him. They've heard him. They've heard him. Man, we won't listen. Listen, in the millennial reign of Christ, you won't hear from Donald Trump and Joe Biden you won't hear from the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. You'll hear from Jesus. And these people have heard, they've heard the word of life. They've handled the word of life. They've seen him. They've been in his presence. And yet they will reject him. And being that close to eternity, the Bible says as sinners, they'll be accursed and they will die. You say, Pastor, wow, that's foolish. That's foolish. You're right about that. Let me tell you what's equally as foolish, to live in the age of grace, to live, in a, to live in the church age, and to hear the gospel over and over and over and over and over and over, and yet to go through life and never trust Jesus as Savior. That's even more foolish. And by the way, those same people will die in their sin and go to hell. And so, boy, how many are looking forward to that glorified body? Amen? Amen. <laughs> Me too. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you that we can have a good time studying the Word of God. Lord, thank you that this book is intriguing. Lord, it piques our interest. Lord, thank you for, and, and so many of these things we don't know. And Lord, you'll, you'll teach us and we'll learn these things better one of these days. But God, thank you for at least giving us a window. And although we don't understand it all, Lord, we're thankful that you've given us enough to know that there are certain things we're going to be able to do and experience and enjoy in a glorified body. And thankfully, one of those things is we'll never die. We'll rule and reign with Jesus for all of eternity. Heavenly Father, just in case there might be somebody here tonight that does not know that they know that they know they're on their way to heaven. I pray tonight will be the night that they'll come to the Savior. Maybe somebody's watching by way of live stream. They didn't even mean, they, they didn't even mean necessarily to tune in, but something drew them to this broadcast. And they started watching and listening. 
And God, maybe they've never come to faith in Christ. And tonight, tonight, Lord, they would give their heart and life to the Lord Jesus. Father, help us to be ready. The kingdom is coming. It's coming. And Father, if there's ever been a time when we need to be dedicated and sold out to the cause of Christ, it's now. It's now. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I wonder if there might be one here tonight who would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. And I I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray. Pray for me. Is there anybody like that here tonight? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you remember me in your prayers and you just slip your hand up right now? Is there one anywhere at all? I see that little hand. Is there somebody else? Anybody else? Can I pray for you tonight? In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to have just a a verse or two of invitation. And listen, if you need to come, the altars are open. If there's a decision you need to make, if you need to rededicate your life to Christ, tonight's a good night to do that. You didn't mean to let it happen, but you wandered away from the things of the Lord. Tonight, you need to come back to God. Tonight's a good night to do that. Maybe you're having some issues in your family or your home, and tonight you need to come and just pray and dedicate your home to the Lord. Tonight's a good night to do that. Uh, Pastor, I've, I've, I've never been baptized, but I need to make myself a candidate for baptism. Tonight's a good night. Church membership, whatever it might be, you come tonight while we wait, okay? Let's all stand, if you will, with our heads bowed. I'm gonna make my way to the main floor tonight, and if we can help you with anything at all, we're here, and you come tonight while we while we uh, participate in the invitation. Father, thank you for your blessings. And we're so glad to be in your house tonight. And thank you for this incredible book, the Word of God that you've given to us. God, I pray that you'll bless in this time of invitation. Heavenly Father, speak to hearts. Speak to hearts tonight, please. Save the lost. I pray the saints would be edified. And God, I pray that you would have thy way. We sure thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you need to come, the altars are open. You come tonight while we win. live stream tonight we're so glad to have you as a part of our broadcast there's a number on the bottom of your screen right now 704-327-5662 and we have some folks that are waiting right beside the phone and they'd love to share the gospel of Christ with you if you'll call that number we will we'll pick up we'll we'll talk to you tonight so please call if we can help you I hope you'll call that number right now 
Calvary, you can look up this way. And we're going to sing this little chorus before we go. This says, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. All right, let's sing it together. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that The sweetest name. I'll turn it up just a little bit. Let's sing it once more, Calvin. Sing it again. Here we go. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same. the sweetest name.